Hello. This is the Entertain Us podcast. I'm Dan I'm with Jordan. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about movies. Mm-hmm. We just saw the Wes Anderson film Isle of Dogs. We were in the car in the parking lot, and it literally just started to rain a bit, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about Isle of Dogs. Before we do that, I want to uh, cover something that I forgot in Ready Player One, when we were talking about Ready Player One. Oh, what was it? Because I was so... Uh, I guess I was so impassioned about... <clears throat> the things that I found nonsensical, it overshadowed my favorite part, which I actually really liked. And that was the shining sequence. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that today. I completely forgot to talk about that. It was fantastic, especially when the bad guys were doing it and they're like all terrified. It was so good. (laughs) From the moment it happened, from the moment they went down the staircase... So the moment it was over, I was more engaged during that sequence than anything else. It was really well done. It looked great. It was really interesting. There were jokes. I mean, maybe it's just because I I like the movie The Shining, but that sort of dynamic of being in that world and living it, like that was was really interesting. That was, to me, was the most exciting part of, of the Oasis. Yeah. Was... You could experience this thing in a new way and walk in and have that creepy kind of. So I really, I really liked that. Um, and so I wanted to give a shout out to to that situation. I guess I don't know. And no. you can't forget Chucky. Chucky made an appearance. Chuck, and the, tru- <laughs> the Chucky joke was my second favorite part. We'll say. <clears throat> um, so that's that. I just wanted to make sure that, that we we said that. Uh, yeah. So we just saw Isle of Dogs. Uh, Wes Anderson film about dogs that get sick and banished to an island and a boy that goes to rescue his dog that's there. Yeah. Uh, And it takes place in Japan. And it's animated, uh, stop motion, and directed by Wes Anderson. Jordan, why did you want to see the movie? Um, Well, we had been doing... We were calling it Wes Anderson Month. uh, And we were watching some Wes Anderson movies uh, that I had never seen before. Uh, we yeah, did. what was your f- what what was the first Wes Anderson movie you saw? Well, we started to watch Rushmore, but I. No, fell but what asleep. did you see? What? Did... Oh, uh, I feel like I. You saw Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right? Yeah, I I yeah. seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> um, and then we. And then watched... nothing else. No. And then nothing. like the last month. Yeah, we've watched a bunch. We haven't watched all of them, but we watched Grand Budapest Hotel, which is my favorite out of the ones we've watched so far. We watched Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which is my second favorite. And then in The Royal Town of Bombs. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's it, that, we, that we've that we done. I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, and we watched Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, yeah, and Moonrise Kingdom. And I... It was me learning about Wes Anderson's style, because all I had known was Fantastic Mr. Fox, which... I really enjoyed when I saw it. Um, and then we had seen this trailer for Isle of Dogs when it came out previously, like a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that looks like a cute, fun movie. And then getting to learn more about Wes Anderson and his style and all that, I did, that's kind of what led me to really want to see this movie. But I would have seen it even if I hadn't done the True, yeah, yeah. Wes Anderson month. But yeah, so that's why I wanted to see it. Why, why did you want to see it, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just like to talk about myself. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, well, I mean, we'll throw it out there. Wes Anderson's my favorite director. That's right. I like everything that <laughs> he's done. And I'll I'll give you guys, I'll give the internet a list in descending order of my favorites. I don't say necessarily the best, but my favorites. So, most favorite to least favorite. There's going to be controversy and stuff. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Uh... Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Um, uh, now I saw, now everything's gone out of my head now that I'm supposed to leave. <laughs> no, so no, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom, uh, Rushmore, Darjeeling Limited, Grand Budapest. Uh, 
Grand Budapest Hotel Bottle Rocket. What about Fantastic Mr. Oh, Fox? Oh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, I... I feel like I don't know. I feel like I don't think of that one much. Yeah, it's it's, it's animated. It's yeah. so different. I would put it I would put it above Bottle Rocket. And that's just because it is it is so different and Bottle Rocket is so n- not Wes Anderson in terms of what he's become. And even started with with Rushmore. It's he, he, Bottle Rocket is is such a, a first film for him, and it's not why I like him. I like the movie, um, but I just don't think it's it's not as much of what I like about Wes Anderson. What a what a stilted way! Like I'm so worried about making sure that I do the well, fucking list perfect, and I really understand and I justify. It. No one cares. Moving on, I like Wes Anderson a lot, so I want to see the movie. Uh, we went over the plot a little bit. I don't want to talk too much about the plot, just because the ups and downs and the surprises and things. Yeah. Like they're very subtle, very nuanced, but that's my favorite part. So I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that too much. Um, what did you think of the film? I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those movies that you go into and you're very quiet throughout a large portion of the film. But that's because you don't want to miss a single thing. And, like, there's moments Well, that's unless you're two rows back and to the left. I I knew you were going to point those people out. I knew it. Um, We saw it with a very crowded movie theater. I was very, very surprised. Now, to be fair, it is a Friday night in the city. Yeah, I'm never going out on a Friday night again. But, like, this... It's not not like it's been out for a while, but it's... It's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks, and I didn't really feel like it was a Friday night type of movie. And it was a packed theater, and it was a big auditorium. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad that it's getting bit... Like, go see it. Just shut up. Yeah, and I had had... I think that we had both had a different expectation, or at least I had a better... A different... Excuse me, expectation of the crowd and I was very nervous all throughout the trailers that we were watching that we were going to have a rough crowd there were one or two rows that were I don't want to say problematic because they weren't like yelling at the screen and doing all that crap but they also just wouldn't stop talking and the the lady directly behind me I realized later on that she was a mom (laughs) but like I thought she was a younger lady and she just kept saying oh Huh. Like, that's fine. And that, I'm, that, I'm, that I'm even okay with because I definitely laugh and make you yeah. know, I make noises and, and reactions. That I'm but fine with. Talking. I'm just doing conversations. The lady behind us, she couldn't read. She was having problems reading. I definitely heard her be like, what does that say? What is that? <laughs> and so I understand if she's definitely she if she needed, was a mom. She needed, like, clarification. Like, but, like, ugh. But anyway, moving on. Regardless... What did you did you like the you like the movie? Yeah, I was very like focused the entire time. I I definitely didn't want to miss anything. And then one of the things I said to Dan when we first started watching Wes Anderson is like we watched Moonrise Kingdom and then we watched, or I think it was Moonrise Kingdom, where I just said he's just so deliberate and everything, and I can feel how deliberate every scene is shot. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, that's Wes Anderson. And towards the end of watching all of his movies, I my brain started to accept it more. Yeah. Um, and in watching this, because it's animated, I feel like the deliberate... Because people can't back up their car in a parking oh, lot. we're about to watch, we're about to watch something goof. scary. No, it's just, he, like, <laughs> he's just not turning his wheel enough. There's plenty of room. Oh, don't let the watches lock them. <laughs> it's, they're oh trying, my they're goodness. They're trying to park, uh, to pull out of a parking spot in a minivan, and it is a chore for these people. Doing this a podcast <laughs> in a parking lot is a stupid this, idea. This is the most who, crowded parking lot. Who we've had this, doing this dumb idea? <laughs> who? Oh. <laughs> I mean. Uh, but I supported it. It's still so oh, well they he, he figured he it, out. it good job um but as i was saying <laughs> towards the end of watching or watching this film after having seen all those others i'm appreciating just the very precise deliberateness of everything and because it's animated it's a very different type of consistent like choices True. that's being made and so i just it was wonderful to watch just in terms of what I'm seeing, not necessarily storyline or anything like that, but just visually what I'm I'm seeing. Um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, it was a sweet story. Great. 
Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go see it again in the theaters because it's just a rare opportunity for that to happen. So I'm going to go during some Wednesday, you know, morning or something. I'm going to go see it and it's going to be just me and that's how I should do everything. Wait, uh, no, but with me. Well, yeah, you can come. <laughs> uh, and it's and I'm going to enjoy it, and it's going to be great. There was a lot of details that I missed. There's a lot of things. like, And it's just because it's so rich with details. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be great. So I I love his stuff. My thing is if you if you love it, you should go see Like, just go see it. It's a great movie. It's, every, every, it's getting good reviews. The audience seemed to like it. Um, I don't know what. I don't know why someone would not like it. I think maybe it's too dry. And this is would be just for any Wes Anderson. They're too dry or they're too quirky or they're too, right? It's it's too much. And so I understand I understand that. But I love it. I don't even I don't want to talk about it. I I liked uh I thought the music was great. Mm-hmm. It's not not Mark Mothers, but it was the guy who worked with him on a um Moonrise Kingdom, Alexandre to no, not Duplass, Duplass, something like that. I thought the music was great, the voice acting was good, the design was great, the comedy, like, I, I love it. Um, I give it an A plus and an A minus, and I'm going to talk about that later. Two scores? I didn't know we could do that. Well, it's new. Game it's a new changer. thing that I want to that I want to talk about because uh, I want to get into something else that I was thinking about. While I was watching this, um, so I say everybody should go see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have anything about the movie specifically that you want to talk about? I want to talk about some background stuff and movies in general. Um, no, my grade would be an A if I had to give it a Good. grade at this point. It was great. I laughed. <laughs> I I teared up a little bit. There's emotion, you yeah. know. Like I I was worried. I got nervous. About things, and I I think as he matured as a filmmaker, that happened more and more, because I still have emotional reactions to scenes in in Life Aquatic and Royal Tenenbaums, uh, in, in all of them, um, but particularly his later ones, I have emotional reactions to, even ones I've seen ten times, just because uh, of. Maybe the way my brain works, it's in sync with. See, it's interesting that you say that because Wes Anderson. To, so to be fair, I don't know who my favorite director is. Like I may, I'm just not at a point where I can pick up on those things and see. You know, be like, yeah, oh yeah. man, I just really appreciate the director. I, I I just can't do that. But I find that while I can appreciate and really like a lot of his movies, I find that I don't get like those emotional responses. Like I'll laugh and I'll be like, oh, that was sweet. But a lot of the things that you might kind of get teary-eyed at or something like that, I, it just doesn't. Did you get teary-eyed during this movie? No. Even with the animals? I got really close with the animals, but because like, no, I I'm not saying like like a tear bone. fell down your. I'm not saying like a tear. Fell down your cheek. I that, did do a little bit of. That oh. would be a tear, but like, like you get a little bit of moisture on your excess moisture on your eyeballs. That's teary eyed okay, to me. Okay, so. Like you get a little choked <laughs> up, you're, or you're like, you know, you get a little so, choked up. Okay, so this movie doesn't count. I'm talking about like. We mean this movie? No, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> no. did that happen during this movie? A little bit, yes. Yeah, okay. Because of the animals, but I'm talking about like the Royal Tenenbaums and Moonrise Kingdom, and like scenes that like. I, I could tell we're supposed to be a little bit more emotional for me. I feel like I just can't bridge that gap with his movies and that particular emotion. I just so, can't do it. This is my. Uh, this is what we're gonna do, internet. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep watching Wes Anderson movies. They're gonna be scattered. We'll make sure Jordan sees all of them. Yeah. It could be that she's acclimating to him, and there's going to be more and more. It could be that it was the animals in this. Uh, in a year or two, we're going to revisit them. <laughs> no. We're going to revisit <laughs> like one or two just to see if they're if getting used to it or something like that. I just don't think he has a. Well, I I, I, I just don't think. We're going to do it in a year or two just to see <laughs> just to see what happens. Okay. 
I'm, it's it'll be a it'll be a fun experiment. You you can have your opinion. I don't think that my, it's wrong. My my opinion currently is it's that... bad, but not wrong. <laughs> just because I don't like say anything, this carries through. Oh, you just all told the, the internet. <laughs> this just carries through any other movie that has some sort of emotion in it. Oh no! <laughs> uh, there are gonna be so many comments. I know. Okay, it's a. That's a whole other podcast. I didn't like it. It's I fine. You, no, no, no. I, I, I understand. I understand that one too. And Sorry, I, I'm like, getting us and off I, track. I understand why people wouldn't like a Wes Anderson. I'm just interested. I think that it's interesting because it's such. There's so many other movies where I'm just not as affected. Uh, I think. But just... there's a couple. One. There's a couple that that definitely get me, and. The fact that he can consistently elicit pretty much my whole gamut of emotions during his movies, his movies consistently. Like I, you know, you 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 laugh, you cry, you hope, you fear, you whatever, you gasp, all all of that stuff. I can get in a Wes Anderson movie even on multiple watchings and to me that's such a special interesting thing and he's created this crazy fantastical world and i think that's part of what it is because i th- i think m- my personality or something dictates that i need to be a little bit removed mm-hmm. to understand not to understand that's that makes me sound like a sociopath <laughs> to 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 be to be anything. with to be to be drawn in there needs to be a, a it needs to be a little not real See, right so because the incredibles i have the exact same thing the incredibles gets me choked up every time when they're landing the bus and he's like i can't i can't i can't lose i can't lose and she's like what you're being a baby we're working as a family he's like no i can't lose you again and it's like oh oh i'm getting choked <laughs> up now thinking about it <laughs> so interesting to me because in in the wes anderson movies and i don't mean this in like in a negative way like it's gonna sound like a criticism and i, I truly don't mean it to me but those moments that are supposed to be truly emotional this movie is an exception because it has animals in it and they were really cute but uh a lot of those emotional scenes feel like artificial to me. Sure. And so, and it's to, I just, I can't, I don't believe the actors and some of the language just feels so inhuman. Like no human talks like this combined with kind of an, an admittedly fantasy type setting, you know, depending on the type of movie that I just, my, my whole body just immediately is just like, okay, this, I can tell that this is telling me to be emotional or I feel like I should be emotional in this moment. And I'm just not. So that's how it affects me, but I'm glad that that's you fine. have that. That's fine. That's fine. It's what really gets me. I've yeah. like, I've been, I'm not a, like a, as a, human being this is a deep fucking third episode what are we on i don't know we haven't posted Um, any of them yet uh i i get i get more emotional uh i'm i'm not a crier as a human being i don't get like that but during animated pixar movies i've probably cried more than i have in my life like in my in my real life heartstrings it's just like when those toys (laughs) Like go through some stuff, like it, it really gets me, and so there's so there's some kind of disconnect. I'm sure someone could write a sociology paper on it or something. So anyway, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of other movies that like really get me. Uh, I cry when Frodo sails west. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. See, nothing. That I'm just I like, I, it's not it for me. I cry. Uh, let's see. A movie called Shenandoah with Jimmy Stewart really gets me at the end. Oh, you know what gets me? Spider-Man 2. I don't remember. Spider-Man 2, he he's rescuing them on the subway and he shoots all his webs and he stops the train from going into the water and then and he's lost his mask during the fight and he's about to collapse and then all the hands come in uh, yeah, and, and they stop him, him from falling and then That's they carry they carry him uh 
back. And they're like, he's just a and kid. And then he, he, yeah, they're like, oh, he's just a kid. And, da, da, da. and then he wakes up and he touches his face and realizes his mask is going and his whole world is shattered. And then that little, I'm getting tearing up as I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm getting choked up. That little kid walks up and brings him his mask and says, don't worry, Spidey, we won't tell anyone. And then he puts it on and he goes, oh, oh. See, it's such a good moment, and, like, I'll get chills in scenes like that, but I don't necessarily get, like, emotionally, like, teary-eyed or something. Not Again, not like you're sobbing in the theater. I'm trying to think of the movie, like, like a movie that I cried, like, incredibly hard at. It's not my favorite movie in the world, but I, like, ugly cried during um, Million Dollar Baby, and... I have such conflicted feelings because I don't particularly like that movie. Oh, but that's great. I, but also too like boxing movies and stuff like that. I just are not really my thing. But Creed. Like, I feel like it's on our list. Is not. Wept during Creed. Uh, not to interrupt. That's okay. But that movie, I like, ugly cried at. I'm glad that I saw it at home by myself. But I don't really know of anything that really like draws an emotional. I might. I'm trying. I really. I mean, up. But that's Pixar. Yeah. Pixar two. does it. Yeah. You know? Why do they do that to Those us? Guys. Do they hate us? <laughs> um. Okay, great. So I feel like we've got that out of the way. What a what a fun whatever number of episode this is. Listeners, if you're out there, what movies make you cry? Yeah. What movies make you cry? Like honest, that like like either we just have, slightly emotional or like super super teary eyed. Do we have a way for the the people that aren't listening to contact us? We have an email that I created. Do we? Yeah. Do we want to send an email? I don't know. We'll get back to you in the we'll next episode. We'll get back to you. I'm sure there's some unprepared. sort of place you can comment on however we're posting these yet. Like I said, we haven't figured it all out yet. Bunch of amateurs. Uh, these people. Yeah. Uh, so. That's okay. I want to talk about something small. And then I want to talk about something big and heavy. Okay. So small... I'm going to make a prediction because I thought this movie was great. I thought it broke ground. I thought it was new. I thought it was interesting. I thought there was a lot of great things to happen. I think it's going to get nominated for an Academy Award. And whatever the most generic popular animated film is, is going to win Best Animated Picture. Because that's the only one that the people that are voting will have seen, if any. Or they'll be like, oh, my kids really liked Zootopia. Yeah, Shrek 2 was really fine. I'm going to vote for that. (laughs) I won't have seen... Isle of Dogs or Fantastic Mr. Fox or Kubo and the Two Strings or Paranorman. I won't have seen those. I won't have seen... Uh, uh, now I seem like an asshole. The fucking Vincent Van Gogh movie. The Persepolis. I won't have, I won't have seen that, so I'm just going to vote for, you know, some bullshit illumination Pennsylvania movie. Pennsylvania 4. Yeah. Or 3 or whatever the one was. Um, for. I just don't like anything the Illumination Studio has produced. I can't think of a movie they did that I like. So anyway, so that's what I think is going to happen because I'm cynical and I think it's a shame uh, because I bet this is more interesting than whatever's going to win. Was that your small and large thing? That was my small thing. Oh, that seemed pretty big to me. Uh, well, my large thing's a little bit heavier. Oh, gotcha. Okay, see. Lay it on us. So, I was reading an article, and I heard a bit of an uh, interview, and then I had a discussion, uh, and particularly in regards to this movie, and I've had it in regards to other things and then I've definitely read articles so I'm not interested in talking a whole lot about it because I don't know much about it Mm. but I want to bring it up and that is cultural appropriation (sighs) okay why'd you sigh? just because it is a thing and it's a real thing but I hate the way that people on Tumblr use it and it just... elicits like this visceral re- visceral reaction in me when I hear that word not because it's not an important topic it is but when it's misused by a bunch of preteens on <laughs> Tumblr 
Okay, well, one, why are you reading preteens on Tumblr? Because I like to look at the, like, the scary-looking, like, the horror blogs, horror, scary blogs <laughs> on Tumblr, and I reblog the scary-looking pictures, and, like, the scary movie ones. And then, and they talk about cultural appropriation? Oh my god, it's Tumblr, you can't escape it. There's always notes that pop up with crap like that. Like, even it, like, not that it's crap, but, like, stuff like that, it always pops up. You can't escape it. Even if you're like, I just want to look at scary movie images on Tumblr, it pops up and you can't escape it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell the internet right now, I'm a white, moderately middle class male, and I'm, I identify as male and I'm cis and all that stuff. I'm a white lady. So I'm, I'm the definition of privileged it seems mm-hmm. uh, but I like stories and stuff so I don't so I don't know and so the reason I want to bring it up for this is because uh, this this I go I'm kind of back and forth about in terms of what to, to do right so uh, you look at Iron Fist which was shit and <laughs> how they're talking about whitewashing but it's not whitewashing it's telling of a character that is white because when he was written they sort of did some cultural appropriation and whitewashing a little bit I think right so he's but written, again he's, but, he was written to, he was a white character when it was written right yeah yeah right uh, and so that's that's the story that they told but it was to play off of all of the kung fu films that were really popular at the time which is why Luke Cage came out at the same time because uh, of all the black exploitation stuff mm-hmm. right so there's that situation which has been done to death and I don't know what to do about it I say they just cancel it and recast it because it was crap but a movie that I, I like very very much is Dances with Wolves and I can understand how that would be seen as cultural appropriation. As I'm listening more and reading more and, and talking to more people about it. Because um, when I was a kid, I was just like, this is great. This is a great story, and I'm, I'm interested in seeing what's going on and all this stuff. Yeah. I think that the reason that it exists and is popular and things like that is so that this country as an audience which is primarily white can have a gateway into things right and so you have to have kind of silly ignorant uh kevin costner have a translation uh communication barrier to learn and get better at and learn about stuff so that we can so we can get involved right that it it eases the audience into the situation Mm -hmm. So I think that's why those exist. Uh, the Last Samurai is obviously a, yeah, a very similar situation, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't want anybody to be offended, and I just want to see good stories. So one thing that I, I was reading, uh, some some professor or something tweeted something it was like an easy way to avoid it is to hire people from that culture to consult on your thing right i was like okay that makes perfect sense right so then i watched this movie uh which i love and i thought was great um i've been in japan once and i've been in the far east more times uh and i grew up overseas in another country uh and then i've traveled to to other places so I don't know what that means, but I just like things and I like culture and I like, you know, uh, seeing all this new stuff. So this, seeing the way that, uh, like wood prints mm-hmm. for the prologue were being used and, um, the sort of attention to detail just in terms of like sushi preparation right and kind of making that sort of cartoony uh and fit into the to the world was really interesting to me now the music definitely was japanese inspired the guy alexandre desplot or whatever Mm -hmm. definitely not a japanese guy and when i was watching the credits 
the band, the musicians, were definitely had white people names. <laughs> um, and a lot of the crew had white people names. And I know the guys that came up with the story. Uh, and I know Wes Anderson, and he's pretty white. <laughs> Uh, and I know the the voice actors, and they're pretty white. But everybody who was a Japanese character were was Japanese. Now, if this gets released in Japan, are there voiceovers for the dogs? Because it kind of loses something. So where does storytelling device, an interesting setting that's integral to the story, end? And cultural appropriation begin is I I don't know the, I don't know the answer. Well, I think too, I don't know what it is. Well, I think too is that there's a lot of different definitions for a lot of different people, and so it's hard to answer something like that when somebody who's a part like somebody who is a part of any culture. Like you could talk to one Japanese person and they say, "No, I'm not offended by that. I think it's great." And then the next person says, "I'm horribly offended by that." you're taking my culture and I'm seeing it as making, you're making a mockery of it or, you know, something like that. So I think it's a really hard, I don't think there is a line necessarily. Oh, I'm sure there is a line, but I I think that it's hard to (laughs) nail down. Like these are the things that you should and shouldn't do. I think that the basis of it is that it's, you know, it should be appreciation, not appropriation. So the moment that you're taking it and making it like a farce somebody explained it really well to me recently and I, I unfortunately I can't remember it but it's yeah I didn't give you warning that I wanted to talk about this yeah thanks sorry <laughs> no it's okay no it's a good but honestly it's a really good thing to 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 pick up and it wasn't something I was thinking about during the movie because I was just thinking of a really cool story that was immersed in Japan and it was a part of the the, the story and I, I I wasn't thinking like that. The only know? reason I was is because I I it had been brought up by other people. Was it say was were were the things that this was culturally appropriating? It was Japanese culture. It or? was kind of sort of and yes and no, right? Like these people were yes and then other people were like what are you talking about, mm-hmm. right? So the the way the story works, so I guess we'll do the first spoilers now. Yeah. Um, the way the story works, and it's not, there's not even going to be spoilers. The way the story works is we can understand, we as the audience can understand what the dogs say. We cannot understand what the humans say when they're interacting with the dogs. If they're Japanese <clears throat> characters. Yeah. We, some... we as the audience are provided translators or translations or there's devices, interpreters, and things that will tell the audience what Japanese characters are saying so that we can follow along with the plot. But in order to have the effect that it has, it's important that we can understand the dogs, but not the humans when they're interacting. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big part of the emotional tapestry. Yeah, it's done on purpose. 100%. Yeah. Um and so that so it's a device. And I think that putting it in Japan helps with that. So just any foreign country, right? It could yeah. this could have taken place in Spain. Mhm. Right? I think that and this is 100% speculation. But I would assume that there was a decision to do Japan because of its storytelling uh, culture and the way that it tells stories and it does have a, a, a rich history uh, which sort of plays into into the, the prologue into why the events of this yeah. story happen right so that helps but again that could have been Spain right that could have been Spain I think that there's probably a visual and uh, aural, A-U-R, aesthetic that the filmmakers are a fan of, that they wanted to play with and be a part of, because there's this old world, new world mesh that's so that's so apparent there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so much less so than than in the states um and i've never been to spain so maybe the same or maybe less so maybe they just wanted to play with that and they kind of like that and the 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 aesthetic and the way things look and the the way the the music is and the instruments that are used and so they just wanted to tell that story because they appreciate it yeah right um so th- that's that's w- what I took out of it, and I don't. I I guess I don't know any better. I know definitely sometimes when I go, oh, shit, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's no good. Like that's <laughs> you can't do that. Like that I that I know. This seemed this seemed like a nice a nice situation where everybody was being respectful is is what it felt like to me. Same and. I mean, I f- again, I feel like that's easy for me to say as a white person, a white lady with <laughs> no culture. Um, but one of the things that I, one of the conversations I had is, <laughs> someone said, well, uh, someone was telling me that some again professor wrote that's like, oh, the reason that white people appropriate other people's culture is because they don't have any. Uh, I was like, well, no, we have the Dark Ages. That was that was pretty. <laughs> That was, that was a that good was time for us. culturally rich. Um, so, so I don't know. Uh, and the, the foreign exchange student is a, is the most culturally appropriative part, I feel. Uh, and so this will be the spoilers. This will be definite spoilers. So there's, uh young foreign exchange student who's super white from Cincinnati she's got freckles and, and a white afro uh, and pale skin and she does speak Japanese but primarily she speaks in English during the film and she is a plot device to allow the audience to know what's going on and do translations and sort of be a part of the situation, and that, and so that's why she exists. The culturally appropriative part is she leads the revolution and the rebellion. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's like I understand her point, like for the audience, as far as how we can, how she can trans do those translations. Yeah, yeah. And get the story that's across. why she exists. Yeah, and I get she that. has a she has a crush on Atari, the main boy. Uh, and because he's because he's a cool guy, right? But it's like no it's like that that trope of white man comes in and saves the day. Yeah, it's, right. It's literally that trope that is being explored in that. And so that's so that's my A plus A minus. Mm, I see. I was wondering when we're gonna get back to that. Because I don't I don't know what is I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like I need people to tell me what to think. That's a horrible thing, though. It's just, it's just, I, cause. It's a hard. I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine. There's, I can't relate to so much, right? I just, I'm just not there. Well, it's difficult too when you're being, when you're being told or not being told or when you're being, you're, you're you're kind of led to doubt yourself a little bit too, because you're like, well, is that my white privileged perspective speaking, or is this perhaps? A correct way of thinking about this issue yeah. it's hard you know it's hard to be outside yourself or something like that so so yeah so I'm not sure um, I think that what could have happened is she could have been friends with someone who led the revolution yeah and been a plot device to give us information and been there side by side and so sort of been an ally right mm-hmm. but I think it would have made the story more muddled and so this was a nice clean story this is a nice tight movie Yeah. this is a nice <laughs> tight movie every second everything had a purpose it was there there wasn't any wasted space which you have to do what you write when, you, when you're doing an animated film and if you have a good storyboarder which apparently this one did right because uh, his credit is uh, the one and only storyboard, or which is great. Um, it's it's going to be tight. So it's a nice tight film. There wasn't any nonsense. 
I think that switching into that could have made the story more muddled. I don't I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not that good. So that's so that's the issue. So I think it's something that I want to leave open. Yeah. And and we can either think about or come back to or I'm sure that there's going to be some other movie that we see. I mean, it's not <laughs> You Only Live Twice, James Bond. Oh my god. Well, the thing is <laughs> which is which is just blatant <coughs> racism. Well, the thing is, too, that I think is important to note is that obviously cultural appropriation has been around for a very, very long time, obviously. But I feel like it's something that's really only coming into conversation, like major conversation where people are talking about this on social media and in news articles and things like that, like relatively recently Um, and on the level where people are kind of comfortable talking about it. And it's not just like something that's like you know, shoved at the end of the newspaper, you know, whatever I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Article. like it's, it's, it's finally, it's some, I, so I think that we're all kind of learning together and I don't think that necessarily excuses, excuses, um, moments of that happening in film and TV and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's important to note that like, there's definitely a shift happening in the entertainment industry right now. Um, as far as, um, you know, sexism and misogyny and cultural appropriation. And is there misogyny in the I heard there was. Industry? I heard there was. I haven't but... seen any proof. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just a rumor. But I, I I've we're... seen a lot of 80s comedies, and <laughs> oh I don't think that there's... Uh, yeah, no, I, I, my point is I think there, there's a big shift coming, and I think that having more and more of these conversations, while they might be kind of awkward and you might be in the wrong or you might be in the right or something like that. I think that it's, it's good to have these because it leads to, I don't know, a more well-rounded, respectful society. Well, also more interesting stuff. Get yeah. this. Holy shit. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to be kind of done with this topic. Okay. And I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> Get this shit. So Saudi Arabia, uh, which is right next to where I used to live. I grew up in the United Arab Emirates. Saudi Arabia has not had a movie theater in the country since the 70s. What? They've basically banished films and cinema, and you just can't have that because of, of their culture. We sm- we used to smuggle VHS tapes back into Dubai um, so that we could watch them, and we'd get movies that had been edited and things like that because of, of cultural censoring, right? Then towards the end of my uh, time there, so in 2000, there was so much less. Like cer- certain things they wouldn't let in just because, you know, uh, 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 very offensive to the culture. But there were multiplexes like you wouldn't believe there's just so much. And so it was, it was this cultural phenomenon where all these people in Dubai were getting all of this culture all the time. Right. And it, and it was great. Everybody was having fun. And so and sort of it's kind of done that. <coughs> Saudi Arabia, much, much more conservative. Uh, the I can't remember his name. I'd like to I'd like to say his name, but I can't remember it. The um, the new shake, or the he's he is um, letting a lot of things happen. Oh really? Women can drive now. Like he's becoming more lax with letting women drive, and they're installing a movie theater. That's crazy. For the first time. Guess what the first movie they're going to get? Isle of Dogs. No. What? No, that would be that would be too perfect. <laughs> Fucking Black Panther. Really? So Black awesome. Panther is such a big deal that they're building a movie theater. Hell yeah. So That's that tight. this movie can be played. Essentially, is the way that I is the way that I'm framing it because it makes the story sound better. Right? <laughs> I would I, I would assume I would assume that he has, you know, realized how he wants to catch up with the world and become a part and a major player because he's raising a stink just to get fucking geopolitical for a second. He's raising a stink about Iran and all this kind of stuff. But there's there's this movie theater is a huge part. Cult, culture drives. Uh, change and things like that. Media, media drives, entertainment drives cultural change. Um, so that's awesome. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so I think that's a huge positive about what we're saying. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. That's basically the point of that story. 
Um, let's see. Is there anything major that you want to talk about? No, I just really think that people should go see this movie. Um, whether you're a fan of Wes Anderson or not, whether you're a fan of... Dogs or not. Everybody likes dogs. That's not true. Everybody likes dogs. Even, like, especially animated dogs. Little baby dogs. Um, let's see. So, uh, so we're already, we're already a little bit longer than, than the other ones, but we're only at 45 minutes. So... I want to talk about one other thing. Okay. Two nights ago, we went to go see David Lynch's Dune on the big screen. <laughs> we did. I forgot. Uh, and so you were you were a little bit sick. Yeah, I was very sick. And you had not seen it. No. And you've seen some other David Lynch films. I thought you. I thought you had. Name some. I don't. Oh, you'd I've seen, seen some Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So seen, I know I've you'd seen, seen that. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember if we'd seen movies. Will you give a quick opinion about? Dude? I have never been. Okay, so we went and saw this movie, and I have never watched a movie before that had so many elements that sh- like that just should have been exciting. So battle scenes, space opera, people in danger crazy weaponry all that kind of stuff and have it put put into a movie that was so boring it was so boring and oh my god I thought I was gonna go insane if I had to listen to one more inner monologue it made me realize why you don't see that in movies those inner voiceovers of people thinking you don't see that very often because it's shit (laughs) it's total shit I was I had very low expectations to going in. The thing is, is like I've never read the book Dune. I know that it's a very dense and complex book, but it's like this big thing in the cultural lexicon. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about the space and all that kind of stuff, and people talk about the movie. And I've seen like stills from the movie mm-hmm. before, like randomly, and people talking about it like on Reddit and not just because, but just like randomly, like over the years. Uh, but I had low expectations because uh, Dan had said, you know, it's not my favorite. And we seem to kind of match up on a lot of movies. Not uh, always. I don't, I, hello, internet. I don't like David Lynch's too. <laughs> but, but I, I guess I, did, I don't want to say low expectations. I want to say I had no expectations of it. I was just like, we're doing this. Local theater's doing like a sci-fi kind of thing. I haven't seen it. It seems pretty iconic. It was so boring. I disliked every minute of it, and What's-His-Face was totally miscast, and he ruined it for me. Tom McLaughlin's yeah, always miscast. He should not have been in that movie. I feel like if we had a different hero in this movie, or a different whatever archetype he is, it could have been not perfect, not, like, exponentially better, but, like, hella better. <laughs> if we hella, didn't have hella better. Hella like better if he was not in this movie. And that's nothing against him personally as an actor, but, like, it was... Also, I don't understand. The big floating lady at the very beginning, Virginia Madsen, that was yeah. her. Why the hell did she give the intro when she's in, she hardly says anything else in the movie? She's like in the background. What was that point? The, I was reading about it. Does uh, she have more of a role? And then book? I got bored with the truth. Oh, yeah, she's a very big deal. Oh, okay. Maybe that's um, why. Because in the movie, she, she does nothing. She, it's, it's, it was to give an explanation about how the world works. But why her? How the universe Call, because in the book she's got more. Oh, you know. it was her. And like, I really liked some of the set designs. Like the the palace, it was very gold with the black and yeah. the gold. It was so ornate and it was well done. And then there were parts that just seemed really like lazy. And I don't mean like technology limited, like at the time lazy. I just mean just lazy. Sure. And also, the guy's signet ring or whatever looked like a vagina. <laughs> did it? Yes, you it looked about... like a vagina ring. And also, the monster that did the, the weird folding of space, the, he had a vagina mouth. <laughs> the navigators. Yeah. The navigators. But the ring was the one I was like, everybody wants his damn vagina ring. <laughs> yeah, well, his, yeah, he definitely had a labia majora situation. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, I mean, but, you know, so, he it. <laughs> so, we're going to watch the sci-fi miniseries Dune. I'm looking forward to it because um, anything has to be better than because that. I Because li- I like it better. There's a lot of fans that really are like this, like David Lynch's thing. And I have mixed feelings about David Lynch. Uh, some of his stuff I think is amazing and some of it is 
very David Lynchy, and I can't deal with it. Um, so I'm about fifty-fifty. If I looked at every one of his movies, I would probably it would I would probably be fifty-fifty, one hundred, uh, one hundred percent. Fifty-fifty, hundred percent of the time. Stupid. What an idiot. It's late. Uh, so. I'm excited to do that because I really like the story of Dune. Yeah, I, so I really wanted great. to appreciate the story. Um, and I love the worms in, in this. <laughs> they're they're, just, my, they're great. He gets up on top of the worm. They're awesome. <laughs> he has it in, like, a leash. Well, it's just because of his hair. It's his stupid hair blowing in the wind. That's it's why you don't so like it. stupid. Um, so... Uh, so we're going to see that because... I, I, the reason I bring it up is because I want to talk about different ways of storytelling with the exact same material uh when when we do that because i think that i think that's an interesting thing to talk about um and then uh there's two dune movies coming out oh wow Uh, yeah they got they got uh (coughs) villeneuve uh director of arrival and and, yeah dennis villeneuve i think Uh, dennis is right i don't know i don't know how i don't know how to pronounce names i don't know any of it um but the guy who directed Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 is doing these dunes. I haven't seen either of those yet. Um, I know. It's on the list. We have a big list. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I'm excited about that. I think it'll be interesting to talk about. Um, so, let's, if you like David Lynch's Dune, tell me why. Because I'm curious. Like, why? what's so great about it? Um, well, because uh, a, a, a friend saw the movie with us, and the way he phrased it was, because he said, I love this movie. I know it's not a great movie, but I love a good space opera, and you just don't see those. Yeah. That was his justification. Plus, I think he's a big fan of the book, too. Yeah, we'll have him on the show sometime. Doug. Um... So yeah, so that's so that's what I've got. This is a what a long one. Yeah, it's that we a long had. episode. Lots of stuff going on. Are you still there? Anyone? So moral of the story. Isle of Dogs is good. Go see it. You should go check it out. Um. You have anything else? No. Okay. Thank you, Internet. Bye bye.